All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Coming in hot is presented by Botano. The game starts now. Here are your hosts, Brent Wallace, Jason York, and Bobby Ryan. Hey everybody, good afternoon, Brent Wallace alongside Jason York. Bobby is on assignment, as we like to say. Uh, this show is always uh, presented by Botano. Go to botano.ca. Yorkie, good afternoon. It's one of your old partners on the show today, so I'm not going to waste a lot of time. We are going to get to Lance Pitlick ASAP. Yep, proud member, card-carrying member, I'll have you, of the Right Shot Defenseman's Union. It's a very uh, prestigious <laughs> club. Very prestigious club, could- Wally. We could use everybody on the right side right now. Uh, there he is. Without further ado, we're not even going to waste any time in getting to the sponsor reads. Um, Lance, <laughs> nice to see you as always. Uh, played a long time ago with the Ottawa Senators, but that's one of the things I want to talk to you about is back in the day, uh, playing way back when. Uh, Lance, how are you, sir? Doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on. I, uh, I'm excited. Uh, one of my friends in Ottawa... When she found out I was starting a podcast, you guys were the first ones uh, she recommended for me to try to get on. Uh, Heard nothing but crickets from you, but it was nice to finally hear from you. (laughs) Hey, I just started doing this, Pitt. It's it's all on Wally. He was big time in you. He was big. Oh, see how okay. you see how he, he see how he prefaced you with way 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 back. He just tries to make himself feel better all the time. That's how no. he rolls. That's how he rolls. My first year, 
uh, of covering the Sens was uh, Lance's last year with Ottawa, and then he uh, went on to Florida. Um, but I knew about Lance a lot before I got there, which is uh, I was disappointed. He was you. You were one of the first people I was disappointed to see go. Uh, when you start to realize it's mm -hmm. an NHL business and people move on, uh, you were one of them. And I, I, I always felt like you didn't really want to leave if you didn't have to. Would that be fair? Absolutely. Um, but everyone knew the nature of the the business of becoming a free agent. Ottawa uh, couldn't come close to to what other teams were, were offering. They were very generous uh, in trying to keep me there, but for for a, a schlep rock like me, uh, meat and potatoes guy, when, you know, you gotta make hay when you can make hay. And, uh, you know, we were lucky that had a few teams that were interested, Nashville, the New York Rangers and the Florida Panthers. And uh, I don't know how we came to the decision, but we <clears throat> chose Florida. <laughs> <laughs> interesting was, uh, you didn't choose the rangers and, I'll, and i'm going to get to that in a sec but why not why not the rangers i know why. my well my when i started dating my wife and we started living together a few years after uh we got a joint bank account and anytime i would balance a checkbook if it was within 10 bucks i'm awesome we're good if she's not down to the penny, she's calling people. So, you know, money was pretty important to her. So the taxes <laughs> in New York, yep. she said, uh-uh, they're out. And then it became <laughs> Nashville and Florida. So that's really what, what the decision was. Hey, hey so Petter, good, thing, it all good the time. thing too. Like when I heard when Reds went to the Rangers, I don't know if you heard these stories, and what he was paying to rent a place in downtown Manhattan, like it's like it's crazy. Crazy. Everybody heard the stories, right, Pitt? And and to Lance's mm -hmm. point, we had a we had such a tight group in Ottawa. Nobody wanted to leave, but then the group started getting better, and you it's you mm -hmm. have to go. And and um, and I ended up leaving. I think it was the year after, Pitter, because it's just that's how the game works. You and uh, and we had such a good group. Though I like to call it the building era, Pitter. We were the builders, put the foundation down, make sure everything's nice and solid and everybody else comes in later and gets all the accolades. But you can't do anything without a good base, right? You need that foundation. Yeah, there were some so, there were some tough years there when uh when we were together, but you know, to to get into the playoffs for the first time that one year, that was pretty special and like you said, we didn't have a lot of high-profile guys there. And uh, we were we were all just kind of meat and potatoes, and we were grateful to have the opportunity we, we were having, and uh, kind of grew with the city. So when it happened, um, it was a pretty special moment that I don't think any of us will forget. Absolutely. Uh, you began your NHL career in 94, 95, just two years after Ottawa uh, played its first season. In your first 36 games, your team was three thirty-one and two. Uh, did you feel like you guys were never going to turn the corner, or uh, what was that grind like? I don't know about you, Yorkie, but I was pretty optimistic still. <laughs> Peter, Peter, I was lucky. I was lucky because I came, I came the year after all, all the, 
all that stuff was over. Thank God. I don't know if I could have lived through it. I got those. I must have. Uh, it was, but like for me, it was. I'm I'm just happy to be getting an opportunity in the NHL. So yeah. win or lose, you know, I'm going out there and give it my all because I wanted to stay there. I didn't want to go back to Prince Edward Island. Though I love Prince Edward Island. <laughs> it was a play, real cool place. <laughs> um, when was the you, last time you ever worked at PEI? Uh that second year when I was there. And it's funny that it's funny that you asked that because we're planning a trip to go out there uh, maybe in the fall this year, start in Ottawa and then oh. take a train across and go visit some people that we uh, still are in contact with there. Yeah, okay, fantastic. So I'm going to get to... Are we going to do the tail of yeah, tape here? Ahead, got the yeah. tail of tape coming up here? Go ahead, do that. Let's, let's do that. Yeah. I love you. You All put right. so much work into it. I sense that as some sarcasm, but it's okay. I'll take it. Uh, time for Tale of the Tape, brought to you by Red Fruit Pro Tape. Go to redfruitpro.com uh, or find them on Amazon or all the major retailers. Okay, here we go. Uh, we, we, things we like to learn about uh, our guests when they come on the show. So uh, through some numbers, here we go. Number two, you were the first senator to wear number two for multiple seasons. There's like nine people before you or six that... Uh, Oh, it's his backwards. 228. So, uh, oops. Uh, eighth most games played during your Sens career. Uh, clearly, I've got them wrong. So, uh, number two. Is this number two? Yes. So, first person uh, to wear number two for multiple seasons. Um, and then 11. Tied for fourth most goals by a defenseman during your time with Ottawa. Do you know who you're tied with? No idea. Jason York. Uh, oh, during hey. that time frame. Yeah, nice. and one, yes. the only sense player in history to have a shot named after him. We like to call it the Minnesota Rister. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it. So, is that, are we done the board here, Wally? Is there more? Yeah, there we're, you go. We're, more. Done, we're done. The, I've messed it up so badly, we can just move on. Yeah. Oh, you, you know what, Pitt? He's usually unbullied. I will say this. One thing with Wally, he is the anal retentive guy when it comes to details and boards and it's, you know, he's, I'll give it to that. So I, you know what, that's the first time for everything. You and I were talking this afternoon, I, Peter and I were doing a little pre-show chat and talking about like now you, you're a skills coach, right? You're a skills coach. You've been I, doing this for a long time. Uh, and you had some great takes and going back, you, you told me this great story of, of you're finally in the NHL pretty happy with yourself and then you get called into the coach's office i think it was davy allison you told me yeah i think it was him but i'm not completely sure but you know get a call from one of the coaches and you know he was new and just said lance i want to i want to just tell you what i expect out of you and i'm like great this is what i'd love to have coaches to do and you know what would be a perfect game in my eyes for you I'm like, yeah, coach, let me know. And he goes, if you never touch the puck once during the game, that would be a perfect one for me. And if you do, get it to one of your teammates as quick as you can. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> End the <of> meeting. <laughs> but That's tough. It's, pre it's, it's pretty crazy, though. And, and the stuff you're telling me with, with your company now – like 18 years you've been coaching and you're working with high level athletes. Did you true or false? You actually taught yourself to do everything with your wrong hand and you're a way better stick handler. 
and your skills you say have improved since you played. Yeah, and that I attribute that just to my kids uh, gravitating towards hockey, uh, especially my oldest when he was because uh, we were living down in Florida, and I tried to introduce him to hockey down there, but none of his friends played, so he had no interest just going with mom and dad to the rink. If none of his buddies would be there, so he didn't start skating until he was five, and then once he kind of it looked like he had a real passion for it, and you know then, you know, you, you got a coach. If you played in the NHL, you got a kid playing, you got a coach. And I didn't know anything about how to teach a five-year-old how to skate or anything. So I just became a student of the game. And uh, one of the things that I, I kind of veered to, and mainly it was because I was scared for my kids is because they're, um, there are hockey predators out there like myself that, don't give a crap about scoring goals. And uh, I, I'm, I'm not afraid to say or sad to say that I took advantage of players that weren't aware of me when I was on the ice. Uh, they had their head down too long or they bobbled the puck. And when that happened, we usually had a little meet and greet. Hi, Yorkie. Uh, <laughs> but Mike so Pekka. Hello. I, Hello, Pekka. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really just, uh, I was scared for my kids. So I started to learn and there was a, a coach that I was paired with uh, that was a real mentor to me that gave the kids stick handling homework. And I got, what a great idea. You know, I never had a coach that did that. And that's where it kind of all started. So um, I, I started to really uh, dive into learning it. And I was like, how can I go to the beginning you know, where I could feel that awkwardness. And I said, opposite hand. So I, um, I dedicated uh, three to four days a week for a half an hour. And I now have this online program, uh, which is bigger now than it was when I was using it. But uh, I would go downstairs and I did all the drills from the program opposite hand in the first two weeks, not fun because I wasn't good, but I kept with it. And about halfway through the third month is when I'm like, holy cow, coach has got some opposite hand mojo now. Um, where now, uh, I can, I can't tell like when I'm making passes to kids, uh, here, when I'm doing lessons, uh, in tight shots, I can't tell what hand I am. Uh, so it's that, that's what, where I really kind of became a coach and under, got a deep understanding of how to teach kids, uh, at the, at the youngest, most inexperienced levels. And now over time, I used to be intimidated if I had a higher end player. Uh, college or pro or NHL, but uh, now I, I don't, you know, I, I guess I got to that level of mastery um, and I, it's, it's like the mob, even if I wanted to get out of this business, they keep sucking you in, people keep texting saying, you know, can I get in? So uh, something must be going right. So I, I'm blessed. I really enjoy uh, where I'm at in hockey right now, and uh, it's it's really fun to to give them uh, some direction to help them reach uh, their long term hockey objectives. So, um, so Wally, well, before then, Wally, before, yeah, go ahead, Wally. Before you jump in here, you you and I were talking last night, and I told you I had an artifact I found in my basement that I was <laughs> I was waiting to use this thing for a long time. I was gonna use it at my I was gonna use it at my cottage pitter because I had a boat and I needed it's a museum piece. 
it, it would have been perfect. It would have been perfect for my canoe. Um, it was actually, I met a guy in Stittsville's pit and I, I told you the story when we were talking and uh, I was thinking about or opening up a hockey training center in Stittsville and this guy who owned, who owned the building, he's like, Hey, I, I got this stick that was in the back room. He goes, it's a Lance Pitlick stick. So I've been holding on to this thing for, for 20 years. <laughs> there's, there's my dog, Charlie. And I was looking at this thing, Peter, the knob on the end of your stick is like a goalie's knob <laughs> and the blade, yeah. like the blade is ridiculously long and, and you, and you have barely any curve on it. And I remember you after every single practice, there's the knob, you would go oh, over to your stick. Hand. Remember the little stick handling <laughs> drill you do after every practice, you'd line up the 10 pucks, put, put the pucks yeah. through there, there. There's, there's the canoe oar right there. Um, and, th and, and then the, the best part of this is fast forward 20, whatever, 20, 20, yeah, look at that thing. What a, what a thing of beauty, but now, yeah, look at the lot, look at the length of that. <laughs> um, now you're teaching skills. So it's, 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 uh, it's unbelievable, but, uh, yeah, I've been waiting a long time to pull this, uh, to pull this paddle out. It's, uh, it's, this is going in the museum. I think Pitt. it is a, uh, it is an artifact. That's for sure. I got, uh, I had one in my cabin that I found. So I have that down in the training area and we do a little comparison to the, to the sticks today. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just crazy how hideous that stick was. I think I should maybe, you know, there should be a little, uh, hall of fame, uh, something, you know, maybe investigation because that's a special stick to play in that league. Anyone right? could make that sing. <laughs> <laughs> like you it's, played in the National Hockey League with that stick, 400 oh, so games, and had a pretty good career. <laughs> 16 goals. Would this be the reason why it's not higher? Oh, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so let's get into your career. I want to don't I want to talk about your kids as well. Rem and Rhett. Uh, Rhett just made a beautiful highlight reel goal. Rem, yeah. born in Ottawa, if I read that correctly. Uh, both of them are now parts of the Montreal Canadiens organization where uh, Rem was claimed off. I think he's claimed off waivers, if I'm not mistaken, and Rhett was drafted by them. So we'll get into that. Um, before that, so I brought up MSG earlier and I said, I'm surprised you didn't sign with the Rangers. Your first NHL point is an assist at MSG, uh, March 6, 95. Your first NHL goal is on Mike Richter at MSG, December 26, um, 95. Did you love – and I, you had your most points against the Rangers than any other team. Did you love playing against New York at MSG? Was that the highlight for you? Or I guess was that, that – I don't know. That was, uh, that's music and news to me. I had no idea, but I guess now that you put that, those stats to it. Yeah. That was my favorite place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to score on Mike Richter. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Uh, I remember. And was it any, like, can you, you want to take me through it? It's it's Boxing Day. I'm assuming you're tired. Like no, I'm, thank God the NHL stopped playing on Boxing Day. I can't imagine the fatigue factor of traveling on the next day after Christmas. But uh, take, can you take me through that goal? I think Randy Cunningworth gets the assist. So yeah, I got a pass out by the point, and uh, I had my head down like I often did when I had the puck on my stick, 
and just had a lane and threw it to the net and it probably bounced off a few of their players on the way there, but none of ours. And that's how I ended up with it. But no, there was no intention uh, to score. Uh, I was happy though. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. Uh, the other goal, <laughs> I wonder if it's a big deal for you. February 11, 2000, it's your first game against Ottawa. It's in Ottawa. You scored. Uh, Pavel Burry with an assist on that goal. Uh, was that special for you because of facing Ottawa? I think it is. Uh, I think it would have meant more if would have left on like bad terms, like, ah, oh, you're shoving your face, you know. <laughs> uh, you always like to, to come back and uh, do well against the team and maybe make them say, oh, I wish we would have had him still on our team this year. But uh, I was I was happy with the move and, I, you know, Yorkie, how, you know, you, you're in one spot for a certain amount of time and you get – another opportunity and it's like uh, you get a, a second wind uh you know a, a recharge so uh, and it was definitely easier on my wife and kid you know having two young kids when we were on the road did not have to bundle them up and stuff so uh we were grateful that that happened and um you know i was pretty pumped when i scored because in ottawa that game because um when i went out into the you go meet everyone, then you feel a little cooler than if you're minus five. So I felt pretty good that day. And uh, Wally, uh, and, and listen, listen, Pinter's yeah. selling himself a little short here too. Like when he's talking about, there was a time when we had a lot of huge games against Buffalo and mm. Pinter had, he had a target on his back and he had some legendary battles with, with Mike Pekka, who was one of the, premier defensive forwards in the game at that time, who was also a type of guy, like if he could catch you with your head down too, but you know, some of those games were played from the tips and uh, I don't know if we have any <laughs> videos, like some of the one hit this one right here. And I forget the, uh, the line, somebody had a line after that one. It was, uh, <laughs> but remember, remember how hard the glass was back then too. Like if you went into the glass wow. like that, it's like the glass did not move, so your head was bouncing right off it, and that's that's what happened to Pekka right there. But um, look at nope. rewind it again, rewind it again, and look <laughs> at my right hand. Look at my right hand. Oh, you punch him in the face? I don't know. I can't see you it. Just, I like think uh, in the face. I, I can't. I don't uh, have my glasses on. I can't see it very good. <laughs> so, uh, 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 Alex, uh, our producer, said they they said after that they said Peck is doing the Lance dance. That was the line. Uh, that was the line the after Lance. that hit. They called it. He's doing the Lance Solid. dance. That yeah. was in the playoffs, and you know you're you're biting and scratching and clawing and doing whatever you can, and that's what I guess I was doing. But the the game was so, so different back then. We were we were taught as defensemen, hey, if you see a guy and he's looking back, you're hitting them because and then it's then it's the guy's fault that gave him the pass. Don't put your teammate in his position like that. But just totally different era. And Lance was Lance was one of the best guys in the league in that era with catching guys with uh with those types of hits because and he hurt you too. And there you saw it right there. Like that's pretty pretty tough guy to hit that he that he got pretty good. Well, and I'd like to just say that uh, this was before the concussions stuff started coming out. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I, I don't think I would play the way I played after I found out that in, information. Yeah. Fair, totally fair enough. Time, and like, per, to, totally different but time. Different era. Like Scott Stevens is in the Hall of Fame because of it. Yeah. 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 So, and, and at the and, end, of, even and at the like end, we talk about Chris Neal would have been suspended in today's game. Yeah, it was. Right? It was. It was, the, it was. It was. Well, holding up players—that's why you were allowed to hold up back then. Like if you went back yeah. for a puck, and your partner got hit really hard, that was on you for not holding your guy up. And every everybody on the ice knew that the way the rules of the jungle were then, and that's just the way it is. And hey. It's different now. There's way more studies done on concussions, and hey, I yeah. no nobody was doing something that nobody else wasn't doing. Just some guys were better at hitting than others. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lance, a, a question I meant to ask earlier, which is kind of out of the way, is there's video of you wearing a visor and not wearing a visor, and I don't ever remember you wearing one. Um, why were you wearing a visor? Because it wasn't at the end of your career, was it? Um, I I wore a visor when I had eye injuries or nose injuries, I'll tell you a funny story. They, I took, uh, I took a puck in the cheek. So I had to, I had to wear the full face mask. And I remember we were out in Anaheim and Dave Allison, again, I think it was Davey Allison was the coach and he, we had a crappy period. Maybe I just had a crappy period, but he pulled me into his office after the first period. And he goes, you got to, God damn full face mask on. You should be a bowling ball out there. Get out there and hit someone. So, <laughs> what are you afraid of? Oh, you know, you went and hit somebody, I take it? I was a bowling ball after that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my God. Somebody just commented, Sugar Ray Emery said, all of Pitlick's fights are almost all uh, are against Darcy Tucker. Is there a history there? He he and I just didn't like each other, and I, I wouldn't call them fights. I mean, I slapped a little bit, and I, I was horrible at it, but, um, you know, it was part of the game, and I think it was one of the reasons that, you know, I chose to do that a few times more than I would have early on until I stuck with the team. Um, and I had a coach that, you know, told me that he says, you know, one way to try to stick in the NHL is to just fight every game until you stick. And back then fighting, you know, that was a, it, it wasn't yeah. the heavyweight times, but it was still, it was still part of the game. It was getting close because that 98-99 team started to – like those Battle of Ontario games, they were pretty good. Uh, yeah. Do you What do you remember about that particular uh, rivalry? Or both of you for that matter. Yeah, for me, it, it, it was Darcy Tucker, you know. And, um, <laughs> you know, for some reason, uh, him and I just did not get along and – we, we uh, scrapped quite a bit, um, but you could just, it, it didn't matter what building you were playing in, there was, there's just a different aura, feel, energy in there. And it, it's, it's not like playoffs. <laughs> it's like someone might lose a tooth tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it up. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, crazy, crazy. No, I just, I just remember, 
we were always the team that was taught to turn the other cheek, play between the whistles. And then Toronto was like doing this shit after the whistle. Like, and then they had, you know, when Pat Quinn was there, he'd be, he was a master at taking away the focus of, of his team and putting it on him and saying stuff and turning it over. And it was just, we were two, two totally different teams. They were kind of like junkyard dogs and we were probably not enough of that. And, uh, we had a few guys, but not enough, but, uh, totally agree that yeah. it just the intensity, the, the heat, every, every single game was just, it was through the roof. So much fun to play in. Is it I'm still like that up. now? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, the game, obviously the game's changed, but Toronto was just here on Saturday night. It was a fantastic game. It, uh, went to a shootout, uh, and, and just the electricity in the building, mind you, there's way too many Leafs fans in the building. Uh, tickets are a lot more expensive. I think the Leafs fans, because they can't, they can't get, get tickets for Toronto. They, they, they have them marked on the calendar here. And I'll be frank. I think a lot of Senators fans just don't go because they don't want to put up with the, the nonsense in the stands. So yes. it ends up getting a little bit taken over by Toronto fans more than when we played. Mm. So it's a, it's a no, it's annoying for the fans, but for the players, the the energy in the building is very good. Yeah, yeah. the energy is fantastic, and yeah, you know what? It sure. happens out west too. Like if you go yeah, to Edmonton and Calgary, yeah. there are lots of Leafs fans everywhere. It's just but, that's the way it is. I I don't mind it, but the nonsense is a bit much sometimes. Um, yeah. So Lance, I want you to take me back to this team. Uh, because you're like you're at the forefront of this group, just starting to turn around. You make the playoffs for the first time, but to be, can you tell me about clinching a playoff spot? Yeah, I mean that that was the first time that I guess I really felt part of that community. Uh, you know, was when they, we won that last game, and uh, the I never heard a building so loud. Uh, and it just, uh, just driving home, just seeing the reactions on the, what is it, the Queensway there in Ottawa or the 417 yes. or something. Um, I mean, it was a, a parade at 10 o'clock at night. It was pretty cool. So, and I know that uh, we, we got a lot of free sandwiches after that for a while, didn't we, Yorkie? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of sandwiches. <laughs> Were they on oh, yeah, Bank Street yeah. by chance? Is the yeah, Bulldogs serve sandwiches? Yeah, oh, yeah, right. everywhere. Um, <laughs> like, did you? So, all right, so you clinch a playoff spot. Are you guys just happy to be there at that point? Then, what's uh, that serious for me? I, I was always happy to be there, but uh, no, that, that was my. That was my first playoff experience, so I'm just trying to soak it up all in and uh, trying to to have conversations with with players that had been in the playoffs because it, it's different. Um, it's it's a different it's a, it's it's much more draining than the regular season, and you have to be so much more focused on recovery. And if you go back, Peter, we I thought we were the better team in that first round against Buffalo. Like we were, we, I believe that's, that's the, uh, that's that goal. I think Derek Plant scored, right? Where Tugger, yeah, Tugger so. reaches back and it just goes off his glove and trickles into the net. It was just heartbreaking because we were, 
we were on such a roll because we took us right up to the last game of the season to beat Hassock, one nothing, get in, and then we took that momentum into the playoffs, and it was so much fun. That team was so tight because we we didn't have superstars. It was just a lot of guys that just worked hard. We played the system, and uh, man, it would have been nice to beat Buffalo. But dream year for me. It was a dream season, and uh, I just remember the guys. The guys were. More of the stuff off the ice pit. And I'll never forget this story. I don't know if you'll remember this. It's not even anything to do with hockey. Do you remember the bus driver we used to get in Washington all the time? I can't remember his name, but uh, I, I remember that we had the same guy every time. Appalass. Remember Appalass? <laughs> <laughs> it would be the same, the same bussy, this old guy, and he was always bitter, and you'd get into town. <laughs> And we'd be, the whole bus would be yelling at him, pedals on the right, put a log on the fire, come on, bussy. So I'll never forget this, Pitt. I don't know if you remember it. I got a good memory for stuff like this. You're sitting back there, and this is back when the media used to travel with us. So Wally, you would have, you would have been a guy on the bus. Let's picture today's guys, Ken Warren, Donnie Brennan. There was a reporter for the Ottawa Citizen <laughs> Alan Panzeri. Do you remember him, Pitt? <laughs> yeah, I remember him. <laughs> so Al, I, 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 loved, I, I loved Alan. I loved Alan. Alan, though, looked like, if you remember Looney Tunes, you remember Foghorn Leghorn, and you remember the little, the, when he's teaching the little chicken, he's got the glasses, just this little tiny guy. So anyhow, that's Panzeri. Very great guy, but he's very nerdy looking. So, and guys used to, there he is right there. There's Panzeri right there. So, well, you wouldn't Can't know this, but this. once, once, once the doors close in the locker room, we just start ripping all the reporters. We make fun of the guys for this and that. So Pitter's on the back of the bus and he's yelling at Appalass. He's like, come on, Appalass, pick it up. And he goes, Appalass. Panzeri's passing us on his scooter. And the whole, I don't know if you remember that one. The whole bus pitter just erupted, and Alan's looking back. Like, what? 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 Who's, who's, who's talking to me? And uh, I don't know how oh. I remember that, but one of the one of the That's funniest crazy. things I've ever heard on the bus, and uh, unfortunately at, at poor Alan's expense. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, brilliant. Yeah, don't know. I'm sure, you guys never made fun like of me, so that's good. You? You did now. You're this is a better <laughs> guy up there. He's always bitter. That's not true at all. I'm very happy. Um, so okay, Lance. Uh, the the '98. I'm trying to remember the next year Buffalo series. Uh, was that one a tough one? Because that's the sweep, if I'm not mistaken, where you guys should have been a much better team. Uh, the second, the second year we made it to this, didn't we lose to Washington that year? Oh, that's round two. That so it's year, year three. Okay. Uh, that's year three. I, three. you know what? I, uh, for me, when the playoffs were over, I just repressed those situations, you know, um, and start preparing for the next year. And to be honest with you, this happened with me, uh, at home where, uh, guys that I, played with maybe up through college or high school, uh, they would come, you know, and this is after I played pro hockey for a number of years, they, we'd be hook up and then um, be talking, you know, reminiscing and they'd bring up a memory that was crystal clear to them, but I had no recollection. And I was talking to another 
uh, person who has played in pro hockey for quite some time. And he just said, you know, when you, let's say you finished when you're 18 years old, that's where your memories end. And if you get to play after that, you're still populating that. Well, the, the ones that are earlier, you start losing them because of all the, the future ones that you've had. So um, I don't remember too much about Ottawa except that first round. Um, and then when, um, when, I, when I had to leave there, you know, and then Tony Capone's. <laughs> <laughs> the old Capone's, that's where he used to go yeah. after every game. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, speaking of, because uh, Wade Redden has always um, talked highly of you and said you were a big part of his development early on. What was it that you've taught Wade Redden to make him play a thousand games in the National Hockey League? It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? It was Roy Malacher, uh brought me into his office and just – you know, I'm sure he had a few people that he brought into his office, but um, just asked, you know, can you can you look after the kid and uh, show him the ropes a little bit? So my my deal was was uh, to uh, if he wanted to come over for for supper any night, he would just ask me at some point at practice, "What's for supper tonight?" And then I knew he wanted to come over. Uh, so he spent a lot of time at uh, our place for suppers, you know, that first year or two. And um, we became really close. Uh, so I was, I was uh, happy that I, I had that opportunity with him. And then I had a similar with uh, Chris Phillips as well. Yep. Philly, another one. Uh, you've helped guys play thousands of games in the National Hockey League. Um, I think that's a huge credit to you. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to take any credit for it. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I will say that uh, it was nice to see so many players uh, play as long as they do. I mean, you get to a thousand. How many games did you play, Yorkie? Oh, it just broke. I think seven thirty-seven. Holy cow! I just tweaked my hammy thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. Once again, Yorkie's on his 3 p.m. internet yeah. dial-up. No, uh, it's it's and I hardwired too, Wally. I got the hardwire going. Are it you shouldn't be dropping? Were you 737 games? Who me? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What were you? Somewhere in there. Seven I could look it up, but yeah. Good um, for you. Okay, so Lance, I told you I wouldn't keep you forever. Is um, what do you remember most about that playing? Like, what were the the guys around? So it's always about stuff that happens in the room. And I know you said your memory gets a little foggy. Uh, can you remember stories from the from the locker room? I want the dirt, Lance. It's basically what I'm trying to get out here. <laughs> I, you know, for for me, uh, for the NHL, my only experience was in Ottawa, and then when I went down to Florida, uh, it was a completely different vibe because the the players that were married and had kids they lived close to the rink, and then all the single guys they lived out on the beach. By Fort Lauderdale. Um, Smart. When when we were in Ottawa, it, we just kind of all moved out to Canada, uh, right, and Stittsville and all that stuff. And I just, it's not so much the locker room. I just remember that we were always, there was always groups of guys together with their wives getting together for dinner, going out, uh, going over to people's houses for dinner, uh, the Halloween parties and stuff like that. We're, we're just 
for some reason more special and impactful with that team that uh you know i we just we just really cared about each other and there wasn't any agendas except just being happy to be there and to to help that community you know have a you know some pride again and get into the playoffs you go from having dave allison to jacques martin as coach jacques pretty stoic although he's very funny and dry um what was your relationship like with jacques i i had a very good relationship with him um you know early on i was uh in and out of the lineup with him and he gave me some good advice when i went home just uh saying lance you're you're uh you get a good shift and you know you got a bad shift and an okay shift i gotta know what i'm gonna get every shift and for some reason that resonated with me and um i appreciated that the one story i'll remember about jock is um <laughs> remember yorkie when we were down in florida and he <laughs> yeah, said yeah. don't go out and yeah. <laughs> it always gets brought up <laughs> <laughs> well so you guys have heard that all right so he's laying in the weeds whatever but i remember it was shortly after that uh we had the bag skate, whatever, and it was a few games after that, and we still were kind of not rebounded. And he comes into the locker room and starts blowing a gasket, which he rarely does. And he finishes it, finishes it up. You can barely understand him with the French accent and being angry. Um, but he, he finished this, this whole rant off saying, and number two, Lance, he's our best player. And if he's our best player, we don't have a chance. And he storms out of the room. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, coach. So the next, so the next, the next morning. Uh, I remember. I, I remember that too. I remember. That. I, for, oh, I forget it. One of the trainers, uh, if it was Woody or whatever, he says, "Hey, Jacques wants to talk to you in his office." So I go out into his office and has me close the door and he just says, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> how you took that, but as I thought about it, you probably didn't take it very well. <laughs> so. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. That's cool. So, but I, I appreciated him because he, uh, he was good to me where if I wasn't, if I was going to be a healthy scratch and he knew it, he would tell me early so I could start preparing for the next game, you know, have a workout or whatever. 
Um, so I, uh, I really enjoyed having him as a coach. And uh, if I had to put one coach at the top of the list from an NHL uh, experience, uh, he would be my number one guy. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, he's a phenomenal it was, coach. It was amazing, Peter, how when I go back, because I started coaching my own kids and I coached Junior A, then I would find myself doing some of the stuff Jacques would do because he was so prepared. And you remember, we used to practice dumping the puck in. It either yeah. had to be a hard around and it had to be up in the glass or a soft chip. No cross corners allowed. And then we'd practice chipping the puck. Remember that little stick he had? He had that little wood Peter Forsberg stick oh, yeah. that he had out there. <laughs> and he was, he would never skate more than three feet. And you had to chip the puck exactly two feet over a stick every time. But the details, right? Like we were so mm. detail oriented and we never beat ourselves because we couldn't afford to, to, to turn pucks over and, and exchange chances. But I agree, man. When I look back, the, the most structured, detailed guy and probably best teacher of the game, him along with we had Craig Ramsey and Perry Pern, just such yeah. smart, smart hockey people. Um, I want to get to your kids because you're a fam you're a family of gophers. Um, and I mean that in the <laughs> nicest possible way. Uh, all of your two boys and you have all and your wife uh, all went to Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Correct. Can we talk about Rhett's highlight goal? Uh, because it's everywhere. I'm just curious to what the reactions be from, been from the Pitlick family uh, when you see that it's getting millions of views everywhere. Spitting chiclets. You know, we just witnessed a murder while he's dangling uh and just scoring i what what i can you just sum this up for me what it's been like i guess well if uh if you would have i don't know if you saw the highlight when they played uh north dakota here uh in in minnesota but he scored a goal and he threw his stick into the crowd a north dakota guy grabbed it and threw it back on the ice so after this goal, I was just I was just glad he didn't throw a stick into the crowd. <laughs> That's funny, the old Alfie. Um, yeah, but I I was I was preparing for this uh, with Bobby Ryan because this this reminds me of that play that he yes. had against uh, Nashville yes. when he was uh, doing those slip throughs. Yeah. So, but uh, no, this was a special moment for him. I'm you know uh, all these kids. Kids that get double, um, you know, they're they have spent a lot of time perfecting their craft, and uh, that's not an easy play to do. Breaking that puck out is not an easy play to do, but uh, it was a fun moment for him. I think he would take it back uh, to get a win, but now that they still got the number one seed for the NCAA's, I think he's uh, happy that he yeah. scored that goal. That's like a million repetitions on the uh, on the little thing with the stick where you slide the puck. In. That's that's <laughs> yeah. over and over and over. The again. super deeker. Yeah. Um, the attack. Yeah. The attack triangle. So, yes. Uh, why are both of your sons forwards, Lance? Um, because they learned how to score goals when they were young, and I apparently didn't. So. <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't a special thing. Um, no, I, I guess they, both of them, um, you know, all the teams that I coached and I, I give credit to the association that we have here, uh, they up until a certain age, like 13 years old, I think that 
players have to have a, a rotation, and I'm sure you guys have it up in Canada as well, at uh, at both forward and D. Or you know, everyone wants to play forward, but they have to have like four weeks of a season oh, cool. playing defense, uh -huh. and then the ones that want to play D, they can play more D. So my kids played a lot of defense uh, growing up, uh, but they gravitated toward uh, toward that. And I think one of the things that have has really helped them is uh, just there's there's so many specialty coaches out there now that have really yep. um, taken the game and dissected it, uh, and they're they're staying in their own lane and they're really really getting dialed in on that little moment how to how to get one percent better because um, you know it's it's hard to become an everyday player in the NHL uh, it's hard just to get to the NHL. Uh, and it's hard to be consistent in the NHL. But uh, the one thing that you won't have a chance in having any of those attributes is if uh, you're not uh, practicing daily at perfecting your craft. And I call it becoming a master craftsman or craftswoman. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm, how proud are you of your two boys? And I know they're, they're good kids, but just one's playing in the National Hockey League, one is drafted and good chance he's on his way. That's that's a remarkable feat to get to the NHL to have two sons on the verge of it is uh, the percentage is obviously a lot lower. Like you've done a pretty good job here. Well, thank you. Um, I where my wife and I are truly blessed. Um, you know, it's, it's been a, a fun journey. It's, it's been not an easy journey. There's, there's been uh, some real difficult times, uh, but I'm glad that they gravitated toward hockey because my wife was a gymnast and I don't know where we would be right now if they were gymnasts, you know, I know I won't be talking to you guys. <laughs> Are you a Montreal Canadiens fan now? Uh, I, I, I am. I, uh, I don't, I don't watch, you know, I watch my boys play and that's about it. Um, when Rem played for the wild, I was a wild fan. And when they put him on waivers, same as Nashville, I don't like you guys no more. So now I like, Montreal. <laughs> I don't blame you. So. That's the way it works. And fi uh, finally, you said you watched North Dakota. Do you, as a defenseman, do you know much about Tyler Clevin and what your thoughts are on him as a player? But that might be tough. That, I didn't mean to spring this on you. Yeah, no, I don't know anything about him. But I will say this, that when I was playing at the University of Minnesota and we'd always go to North every single year, at some point during the weekend series, I got hit in the head with a dead gopher or chipmunk. So that's a. So you're not a big North Dakota guy. <laughs> no. Fair Great enough. Uh, last thing, because uh, Yorkie talked about it. Uh, you have a new podcast out. You've already had Chris Phillips on and you've had Wade Redden on. Um, do you want to plug your podcast, which is now going to feature Jason York soon? Yes, we got the Yorkie on there Wednesday. Uh, it's called the Hockey Journey Podcast. And when I started it, uh, it it was just, that's what everyone has. I mean, everyone's uh, journey is, is different, yep. but it's the same. And uh, it is a journey because uh, of all the adversity that comes with, uh, with the successes. I, I, I interview former players and uh, what I consider master coaches. And then I also do uh, some solo podcasts on uh, topics like goal setting or nutrition, uh, uh, meditation, and I'll reference some books that uh, I've read 
uh, to kind of, you know, open up people's minds to think a little differently. So, yeah, thank you for that. It's been a, it's been fun to reconnect with uh, players. I mean, Yorkie, you know, we played together, but you know, it's it's been a long time since yep. we've seen each other in person. And if you look over the last twenty years, it's been two or three times that we've ran in, into each other. You know, so uh, it's been fun to be able to chat and to hear their journeys. And I'm looking forward to hearing yours on Wednesday. Wait, do you have any Yorkie stories that you can tell us before you go? <laughs> I, you know what? Just I don't. I, I re okay. I remember that I thought his, uh, I, I thought his uh, girlfriend at the time, both my wife and I did, thought she was good looking. So Laurel, right? Isn't that her name? <laughs> That's right. That's right. She'll be happy, Pip. Hey, uh, do, you have, like, do you have like a? Do you have like a? Uh, well played. I'm gonna need a. I'm going to need a couch or something to lie down. I'll be in therapy once we go through my hockey journey on Wednesday. <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna open up a can of worms from the junior days. I don't know if we want to go there. Uh, <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Good. Fun time. Yeah, it'll be fun. Hey, Pitt, uh, th this has been great. Eh? Thanks, thanks for coming on and doing this with us. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, and, uh, anytime, anytime I can get connected back to Ottawa, uh, we just have nothing but fantastic memories there and if my wife and i if we weren't living here in minnesota uh we would go where rem was born and that's where you guys are in ottawa so thanks for having me on i really appreciate it right on, awesome man. appreciate it good luck to your uh, boy with his quest for a national championship uh we'll be t watching uh good luck lance uh take care we'll talk to you soon thank you everyone there goes lance bitlick uh, a true gentleman and one of my uh, favorite early on players that I ever got to uh, to cover. Um, I, I just enjoyed him. He he has a great great sense of humor. He's a, a lot of fans identify with Lance too because he's like the common guy, right? He and he makes yep. fun of himself, says yep. he's a meat and potatoes guy, and he's just he's got a great way of going about his business, and he's doing a bang up job with his skill development. Like he's got a great business going now and he's helping a lot of yes. kids. And when I was chatting with him earlier today, Wally, he said he basically went back and re not retaught, but refigured out how is the best way to go about developing skill and young players with stick handling, skating and everything. And it's pretty cool. We chatted today for about an hour. Like I was fascinating, but he's, um, you know, really great guy. And as you know, he's got a great sense of humor too. Like most of my stories yes. with Lance are stuff when we're sitting around and he just says funny stuff and gets the whole room laughing. And that's part of lasting in the NHL too. Being a good guy. And they always say he's good in the room. Well, what does good in the room mean? Good in the room means kind of being like Lance Pitlick. He's good in the room. That's what yeah. good in the room is. And you want, you want him around. Uh, all right, we got yep. business to take care of. Plus, we got still some sense to talk about. They're in Pittsburgh tonight. Yeah. Um, first, uh, this show, a little late to this, is proudly presented by Botano. <laughs> Go to botano.ca. Download the all-new app. Uh, they, By the way, they have super odds, and they have it on the Ottawa game tonight. We're going to get to that in a sec. Uh, use the app. Have the amazing world of sports always with you at Botano. Hundreds of betting options for events. Same game parlays with BetBuilder. Live in-game betting. The most competitive odds in the market uh, with Botano. The game starts now. Uh, Yorkie, you're up. Uh, you're going to have to – you didn't do anything last. You're going to have to shoulder the load here uh, with Renfrew and BEI. Yep. Uh, 
Big thanks to our sponsors, as usual, Renfrew <laughs> Pro Tape. Uh, I see nothing on the, oh, Wait. here we go right now. I get to there we get go. my, do my yeah, their website, renfrewpro.com, available at all major retailers. <laughs> the one thing you can't forget is, is Free Tape Fridays. Don't forget about Free Tape Fridays. You can find them at Instagram at Renfrew Pro. It's the one with the green core. <laughs> uh, available all major retailers and finally yeah 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 you got that one you could do that one oh uh bei a big thank you to uh, bonisher excavating inc who i'll be uh seeing their uh, president and ceo tonight as our kids play in a playoff game at the bell sense nice. or no we're at richcraft sense anyway bei uh, they're looking to hire, by the way. Uh, get your applications in now if you want. They've talked about there's been a, a huge, I guess, rush of applications. They're going through them for the spring and summer, obviously. Uh, equipment rentals there as well as aggregate and topsoil sales, uh, all kinds of things. If you're looking to plan your next project, uh, give them a shout for your aggregate supply needs. 613-432-1120 or go to bonisterexcavating.com. BEI, those big blue trucks, I'm reminding you to slow down during constru in construction zones. All right. Uh, is, we have a new goalie to talk about that we haven't brought yeah. up uh, on the show because he's just gotten called up. So the Sens send down Kevin Mandelize, and they have called up Dylan Ferguson. And again, I love stories like this. Dylan Ferguson, who not that long ago was basically on his way, if you read the story, headed to Wichita because he got sent down to the ECHL. He's 20 minutes into the drive. For, uh, that was when he was part of the Maple Leafs. Uh, they get a call. You've been traded to Ottawa, head to Belleville. So... He gets to Belleville. He's got a, a five and one record. Got a nine thirty five save percentage, and he's helped the B Sens climb back into the playoff hunt. Now he's been called up. I don't. He's going to wear number thirty four, by the way. I and here's a little bit of trivia. Uh, he was part of the Vegas to Dallas deal that saw um, Igor Sokolov uh, go to uh, Vegas, and Mark Mathot went to Dallas uh, in the expansion. I think it was uh, June. Yeah, the uh, during the expansion draft, uh, his rights traded with Dallas, a second round pick in the 2020 draft. We ended up, ended up being Igor Sokolov to Vegas for Mark Mathot. I thought that was uh, certainly interesting and ties in Ottawa all of a sudden. So Dylan Ferguson, he will be dressed tonight. Now, DJ Smith said he, you know, you won't announce a starting goaltender. Yorkie, here's no. here. I'm just throwing this out here. They play He's Boston tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, a, you're not sending him into Boston. Yeah, I am. I want to. You, you can't. Okay. So you can't lose this wait, game so to Pittsburgh tonight. You can't lose this game to Pittsburgh tonight. We're not, you need play, to we're not talking about the playoffs anymore. Are we? <laughs> well, there's 97. If she, they win out, if they win out, they got 97 points. You can lose. You can lose two more games. You can lose two more games. See, Eleven and two might get you in. <laughs> There's the math. You, they have surrendered five goals. Sorry, four goals or more in seven straight games. I'm just You're going to you throw. The math. I, you can't you the put them in against Boston. Can't, it doesn't make sense to me. Mandelazy went. In. Who's lost three in a row? Mandelazy went in. With what one or two games experience, they th New York Islanders threw fifty plus shots at him. Because sometimes okay. with a young guy, sometimes with a young guy that doesn't have a lot of experience, just that one little game with Vegas, the team rallies around that. That it's come on, let's support this guy. Okay, 
That's so, what I would so do. So, Yorkie, then hear me out. The Pittsburgh yeah. Penguins have lost three in a row. They've been terrible mm-hmm. defensively. Mm-hmm. I won. I'm not sure Mad Sogard is playing at 100% after that injury we okay, saw well, him deal with. Right? If he's hurt, okay. then, he, then I don't play him. Well, but you he, he's not – there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. He might be hurt, but he's not injured. So yeah. you start Sogard in Boston against – like there's no other team like them in the National Hockey League. I understand they've had success against Boston this year. I get that. Mm-hmm. You play Dylan Ferguson, who's already on a little bit of a high being called up. He's got one NHL appearance in his career. He's never started a game. Put him in against mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. I just don't think you do it against Boston. That doesn't I, – I, I know Crosby's, you're the former player, Sydney, but it doesn't make Sydney, sense to Sydney, me. Sydney Crosby's not bad, you know. Malkin. They got some good – I, <laughs> I, I don't doubt that whatsoever. And they're so fighting for the, the playoff here, lives. So here's but the But they're thing. not here's the Boston the Bruins. Boston, Boston is going to play. They're not going to play like their lives depend on it. The Pittsburgh Penguins are going to play tonight like their lives depend on it. They're going to play a lot. They're going to play. They're going to have to tighten up, stop mm-hmm. turning pucks over, put pucks in the good. But they're going. To, I think they're going. To, they're going to be a very tough team to play against tonight because everyone's going to have to be dialed in. Because if they lose this game tonight to the Ottawa Senators, they're not going to make the playoffs. Florida is going to catch them. Uh, and I, I, by the way, how about that call about a month ago? The Florida call? Not over yet, but I still think the Panthers are getting in. I just think Pittsburgh's going to come tonight dialed in, ready to play. Okay. They, they have they're to be. Missing, they're missing, I think, four well, of their top six D. Okay. Who's sent, who are the center icemen for the Ottawa Senators right now? Again. Okay. Everybody talks. This is the thing. People forget. There are three rookies down the middle right now for the Ottawa Senators. Three. Okay. Now, Gambrell's not a rookie, sorry. He's not a rookie. But, like, Tim Stutzla right now is playing, like, the third best player in the NHL. I think he is, actually, statistically, if you look at points uh, the last little while. It's McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Tim Stutzla. Like, he is playing on a – I think it's since the calendar year. Yeah, he's been he's been incredible. Like what is I mean, we've talked about it to death, but how can you not talk about it? But but after that, like this team, I don't I don't know. I still don't know why everyone's surprised they they lose games. The most important the two most position the two most important positions in hockey are center and goalie. So you're going out tonight to play against Crosby, Malkin. Yeah, they have injuries, but down the middle, they're still better than Ottawa uh, overall. And in net, they've got experience. So when I base it on that, it's – and then I look at what Ottawa's coming. Like, it's just they're in a really, really tough position. So who you put in nets doesn't really matter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in, though, the guy – because it's going to be a really tough game tonight. I'm going to put in the guy that gives me mm. the best opportunity to win this game tonight, and I'm going to put Solgard in. So, so that's just me. So – so, hey, Dylan, uh, love to have you on the group here. Uh, we think uh, you've done a great job. Uh, we want your first start to be against the Boston Bruins who are setting NHL records left and right. Good luck, buddy. Okay, so so to play devil's advocate, Sogart is part of the future here, right? Like he's probably a guy that they're be. grooming. They're grooming him. Yeah. So why would, after what he's gone through this, this little while, you don't think his confidence is down a bit? He's given up five goals in a ton of games. 
and you're going to throw him to the Wolves against the Boston Bruins. Why would you do that? I'd rather play the other guy who we don't really have any plans for, and he's so he's here. Do you want to be embarrassed by the Boston Bruins? They're, if you're they're Brady gonna, Kachuk gonna... and Tim Stutzley are going, so we're going to start the guy that's played one NHL appearance back in 2017 against the team that is basically unbeatable with 11 regulation losses. I think that's Ottawa beat them twice. They got, yeah, they, I believe so. They, got, yeah. they beat them twice. Hey, they got their number. I, 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 I like it. I like putting in the kid because it's like, hey, there okay. you go. Welcome to the NHL. I, there you go. I, I can see your point. I just, I would, I would. Why, 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 uh, why would you, why would you want to put a guy like Sogart? Yeah. Who you believe like right now he's, I don't know if he's fragile. Like I've saw him speak after games. He looks okay, but I, I'm going to put him in a game where, where I think we have a chance to win. I like in saying all the things I said about Pittsburgh, I still think if Ottawa, the two games, that's the best game they have the chance of winning is tonight's game. So I'm going to put the goaltender in that's has some experience has played here and is going to give me the best opportunity to win this game. And then we'll, we'll see what happens. You can only go, what's in front of you and then win this game hopefully for the senators and then figure it out for for uh for boston and uh put put uh, ferguson in and see what the kid can do if he doesn't play well you take him out okay then we're gonna go right to it time now for lock of the day uh brought go. to you by botano obviously go to botano.ca um we'll first get your picks and then i'm going to talk to you about uh some of the advanced odds for tonight and what you think of them so here we go uh ottawa's okay by the way i left out the part pittsburgh has won 11 straight games in pittsburgh against ottawa <laughs> wow i didn't know that uh that's that's yeah, pretty crazy and so i did i did get bobby's uh i asked bobby who he'd pick and he uh, went right away with pittsburgh said wow uh, impossible building yeah. so that's an impossible it, it building. Tough. It is tough. They're 19 tough. and 11 at home, 19, 11 and four or something at home this year. Okay. Um, so Bobby's on team Pittsburgh. The yeah. Sens, by the way, the, are 04. You told me you're taking the, you told me you're taking the Sens, right? Uh, I am going to take the Ottawa Senators. Nice. Nice. I think Pittsburgh is rattled. I think defensively they're, they're a little porous at the moment. Um, so, and at some point they have to win a game here. They're not going to lose 11 straight games. Uh, and I know it's a tough time to go through this and listen, by the way, they should have won against Toronto, except they got robbed and we can leave it at that. But I think they should have won the Toronto game. Um, and they probably, you know what, we haven't even discussed the, what was the, uh, the freezing of the puck against, uh, Oh, now I can't remember who they played. (laughs) Not Edmonton. I forget the freezing the of the puck. Uh, Colorado. It was Colorado. Colorado Lars Eller. Right, Lars Eller in front of the And they should have won. Ridiculous. They should have won that, that game. game. That game against Colorado. Okay, hang on. Was quite, Wait was a quite possibly one of the worst officiated games I've seen all year. Yes, I agree. Okay. So I deserve, I should have got the, the win on that. Um, so <laughs> oh, I've yeah. now picked How Ottawa, I think, How three straight years. Yeah. Or three straight games. You need, you need to know when to pick Ottawa. I went on a streak where I took Ottawa four or five games in a row, and that's when they were hot. Now they're not. They're, and this is what's happened. 
sometimes you're going to win. You're going to win games. You don't deserve to. And now they're, they're in games where they probably deserve to win, but that's hockey. It's like hockey, whatever you want to call it, hockey gods, laws of averages. I'm taking Pittsburgh because I just think Pittsburgh, they're running out of runway here. And I think their big boys are going to come play. I think Crosby um, is going to be all world Crosby tonight. Malkin's Malkin. They still have good players. I know they have injuries and um, their goaltenders needed to get it, get together, get it together. So I, I, I like pitch. I, I think Ottawa is going to play very well though. And I think they still could win, yeah. but I will, I will go with Pittsburgh. Uh, Alex, you have to give uh, a Pittsburgh thing to Bobby. Uh, Pittsburgh logo because that's who he's picked. Can you get him like? Hug, uh, can you get him like hugging, hugging the penguin in the picture there? <laughs> <laughs> he, that hey, was listen. so funny. That's so good. Okay, um, <laughs> in the game tonight, there's a couple yeah. of super odds: Sidney Crosby and Tim Stutzla to both score one or more goals at plus five forty. Would you take that bet? Sydney and. Stutzla both to score. Tim. Yeah. Wow. I hate those prop bets. I'm not good at them. I can just tell you who's going to win and lose, as you can tell by my record. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I like sure. it. You like it? You taking it? I. I... You would. Yeah. Hey, yeah. If, if two guys are going to okay. score, you're going to see. Yeah. The, the, and by the way, yep, that's fair. The other one is Richard Raquel. And Jacob Chikrin both to have four plus shots on goal at plus six forty. I looked it up. Chikrin has gone at least three straight games with four or more shots, and Raquel not so good. I think it's three of the last eight he's had four or more shots. I don't know that I would take it, but it's certainly a good payout at plus six forty. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, I would say no to that. And uh, the goal one, I don't know. I'll say I, no to the goals too. I might throw ten bucks on that. Yeah, I, I gotta start. At that payout, I, I gotta yeah. Start, I gotta start betting. Uh, by the way, if you do win. go to Botano and sign up, it's a simple, quick, easy sign up. Just that's something that some of the people in the past have had to deal with long signups. That's not the case with Botano. Okay, so, uh, um, moving on. We brought. Yeah. yeah go ahead. Are you gonna talk about Colorado? Oh, you want, oh, okay. We'll go back to the Colorado thing. I, I'm okay with them waving off the icing because I think it was pretty early on they waved it off. So, okay. But the puck is clearly under his glove blocker and the ref is behind the goalie. And so the rule is always you blow the whistle dead, you blow the puck dead when you can't see the puck. The, the play is over. There's no way he could have seen the puck. That one bothers me. Yeah. The thing that's And I'm pretty good with right? officials. Yeah, that was a so yeah that 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 was there's there's no arguing that one that was a blown call and um, you know they could have escaped it by saying there was goaltender interference it was it was embarrassing that was an embarrassing call for the league the thing that I'm noticing lately and it's in a lot of Ottawa games I find the referees they're actually looking to call penalties and you I'm seeing some calls where it was in the Ottawa game this one actually went against it was in the Colorado game. It was a phantom penalty call in front of the net. Like the guy just fell down and the refs, they're so quick. And I know it's bang, bang and things happen, but there's just a guy will touch a guy's toe cap with his skate and the guy will fall down and it's a trip. It's like, come on, this is the- The Brady Kachuk one. That, that was not a penalty. That, 
like that was that was Brady that got his uh, that did it right. Yeah, like that it's, was it's the just, Toronto it's, game. It's ridiculous some of the penalties yeah. that I'm seeing. It's like the refs are looking to call penalties, and I and listen. I don't want hooking and holding, but the stuff with the just touching the shin pad and the guy falls like just stop it. I okay. I don't. I don't like seeing games decided by power plays. It's to me, I love good five on five hockey, uh, and the, the refs have to put the whistle away in these situations. However, Yorkie, the game is super fast. I will give them get it. that kind of slack of this game moves extremely quick, and to try to be everywhere and look at everything is pretty tough. Um, so the plays that are like the goal play that don't make any sense because there's no one around. It's easy to see. Like, I don't understand how that I can get, I can get behind the Brady Kachuk trip because it's quick. And maybe the ref just glanced back and then saw Brady fall, but the other stuff I don't get. And I, I will cut them some slack because that game is extremely quick on the ice. I, I'm, I'm going to bring my old school into this. Like you're an NHL players, best skaters, most balanced guys yeah. in the world. And you're falling that easy. Like, it's um, I don't know. It's like when I used to coach. Right, I enough. used to go. I used to go. I used to go around and and try and make sure the kids were holding their sticks hard enough. Probably couldn't do this anymore if you're a coach and you'd slash the sticks and into the hands <laughs> to make sure they're holding their sticks tight enough. But now they can just yep. say, "Well, yep. any NHL guys' sticks fall out of their hands all the time. Look, come on, like, yeah, it's just it's too much. I, there's way too many power plays in the game. Way too many. That's why I love the playoffs." Uh, I, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, but for Ottawa, the power plays are good. Well, they're starting to get better again. So I'm okay with them all yeah. being called. Yeah. Uh, I'll make this quick one in the chat. Um, Dan Sullivan says hello to you, Yorkie. Uh, and time hello, now Dan. for, pardon me. I said hello to Dan. Do you know Dan's? Okay. Hi, Dan. Uh, this is the, uh, today's installment of the Tim Stutzla appreciation post. Um, in his last 11 games, he has nine goals, 19 points, three shorthanded goals in his last eight games, and he's currently riding a six-game point streak, four, eight, 12 points total. Five of those games, multi-point games, which brings me to today's board. He is currently with the fifth most multi-point games in a single season for the Ottawa Senators, and likely he will move up that list possibly to second. I don't know that he gets to first, but I wouldn't count it out at the moment. 26 multi-point games this year uh, is it's phenomenal. And when you look back at that 06, 07, and those 05, 06 teams that were just dominating between Heatley, Spets, and yeah. Alfie, you can understand why they're the three names at the top. Um, they were dominant. So, again, just another thing to point out of how ridiculously good Tim Stutzler's season has been. Those that's the pizza line back when that team was was getting yep. over 100 points a year and they were a powerhouse team in the NHL. The fact that he's doing this yep. on a team outside of the playoffs is remarkable, absolutely yep. remarkable. So, uh, we'll probably have something else new to tell you about tomorrow, but I just wanted to yep. bring that up today. Uh, and with that, uh, we are going to uh, let you guys go and start to make supper. Uh, or do you call it dinner? Is it dinner for you or supper? Uh, I think we're both. We're both. I still call the TV. <laughs> I still call the TV changer the converter. Oh my god. Okay. 
<laughs> just yeah there it goes show is currently off the rails we're gonna need a sound effect every time the show goes off the rails uh we will be back with bobby tomorrow we'll discuss tonight's pittsburgh game and then we will debate who the goalie should be in going into boston tomorrow yes that and a few other news and notes um perhaps we will have a tyler clevin signing soon we'll get to chat about uh, all that and more coming up yorkie i'll see you tomorrow take care everybody yep. thank you for watching coming in hot brought to you by botano enjoy the game tonight everybody Coming in hot is brought to you by Botano.ca. Please hit that like button and subscribe to our channel to never miss an episode.